We're going to see some high temperatures this weekend. And what's really concerning, as you indicated, is this can really creep up pretty quickly. Um, my husband was complaining of leg cramps uh, the other day when working out in the garage and sweating quite a bit, and it was dehydration. And so, you know, something as simple as just a few hours um, outside can really creep up very, very quickly. Uh, this can cause our blood pressure to drop. It can cause our heart rate to go up. And it can really make the heart work a lot harder. And there are some of us where this is more likely to occur. It can happen to any of us. But I do think it's important that we need to remember if we are overweight, so if our BMI or our weight is high, we are at high risk. Drinking alcohol, we've talked about this, Ray, a lot in the past. Uh, Remember, you know, that margarita, that beer, uh, those add up. And they do dehydrate. And so uh, drinking alcohol can actually put us at risk for this. Uh, older adults, uh, many of our elderly folks can really be extremely vulnerable as their body has uh, difficulty regulating internal body temperatures. And our children, so young people, uh, young children, toddlers, um, you know, our kids that are in the ages of three to five or eight years of age are absolutely at risk for this if we are not uh, careful. Um, and so uh, symptoms, that I think, are something that are really, really important. There are things called heat cramps, heat exhaustion, and heat stroke. And what we really want to avoid is certainly any of these, but heat stroke can really be extremely life-threatening. So the heat cramps are exactly that. It's really the first stage of these heat emergencies. And it's when you're doing a lot of heavy ex- exertion or exercise in a hot environment, and that's going to be us this weekend. If we're out doing mulch, if we're out doing yard work, those kinds of things, we've got to really be aware. Uh, physically active in the heat, uh, but it, occur, it can occur if you even have not been that active and you're just out in the heat. Um, and so just really important muscle pain, tightness uh, can really uh, be very notable, particularly in our legs and our upper extremities. So heat cramps first, heat exhaustion is that next stage. We really don't want to get here either. And again, that's muscle cramps in addition to lightheaded, mild confusion. If you're out with someone, as you indicated, that really isn't acting like they normally do, heart rate goes up, breathing can go up, so they can actually seem like they are short of breath. Headache, gee, I don't feel good, my head hurts. Irritability, uh, of course, they're going to be thirsty. They might even begin to feel nauseated and vomit. Uh, and then the sweating can really be extremely evident. And eventually, the fainting or actually going down can certainly be a very uh, concerning. And then the final phase is heat stroke, and that's all of the heat exhaustion uh, temperatures uh, and symptoms with regards to now body temperatures up to over sometimes 104. And our behavior, hallucinations, major confusion, maybe even seizure or loss of consciousness. So our goal today with our conversation is to really be extremely proactive so we prevent the heat exhaustion and the heat stroke, right? And being proactive means staying hydrated. And, and, and Debbie, I'll let you expand here on the proper way to stay hydrated because sometimes when we're out with gatherings and families, you're drinking the sugary drinks, you might not be drinking the right things. One, they could zap the water out of your system, and two, to keep you hydrated. And why don't you take that? Yeah, great, uh, great comment. You know, it's interesting. The U.S. National Academies of Sciences and Engineering and Medicine determined adequate daily intake fluid for men. This is adequate daily intake uh, for men, 15.5 cups 
of fluid. Cups, in my mind, would be truly a cup measurement, uh, which is usually very different than what we would be doing in a water bottle. Uh, but 15 cups for men and 11.5 cups for females. And what we know is our body is 50 to 70 percent water. Um, and so it, it, I think it makes sense that if we're in this dry heat, how quickly we can really dehydrate. So what we recommend are shorter intervals of fluid, like every hour. If you're out doing that yard work way, you want to make sure that you've got that water bottle, that electrolyte sports drink that you have with you, and you're using it hour to hour. Much more effective than being out here for three to four hours at a time and then reaching for the fluid, because then you're already behind the eight ball. Very tough to catch up. So every hour, we should be sipping on uh, uh, certainly electrolyte drinks, water, something uh, to uh, be most effective to prevent the, the cramps, the exhaustion, and potentially the heat stroke. You know, Debbie, sometimes you'll talk to people and say, well, I got some water coming in. I, I had coffee, or some people will even say the, the alcoholic drinks, whether there's water inside a, a beer, for example. But when you're talking about alcohol, caffeine, you're talking about contributing factors in these sugary drinks that actually zap the water out of the system. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things we want to reach for sometimes on ice is a soda. And if that soda, certainly any type of soda can really put us behind the eight ball as far as our dehydration. And so uh, then we really have to catch up and require more. So be careful with your alcohol drinks. Be careful with your sodas. Be careful with your sweet teas. Folks, we've talked about these drinks in the past. They taste good, but they really actually dehydrate you. So that means then that you need more water, more sports drink to catch up, to even be at uh, an even level with regards to hydration, let alone excessive fluid on board, to compensate for the work that you're doing, whether you're playing sports or whether you're doing yard work, uh, jogging, running, that kind of thing. You've got to make sure that you've got your uh, uh, fluid with you. Really important. With us is Dr. Debbie Play, Cleveland Clinic, Akron General. And Debbie, talk about it, how it can really sneak up. I remember going back, this has probably been 30 years ago. I was biking one time, and it was shady, but it was hot, so I really didn't feel the heat. But then once I stopped biking because of the wind sensation and everything, got off the bike, all of a sudden, I was dizzy. It hit me like a ton of bricks, and I really had to sit down, and it was kind of scary there. It was one of those hot July days, but sometimes I bring that up, Debbie, because we might not realize if we're, say, biking on the towpath or doing something where you're not exposed to the heavy sun, you might not think that you're losing the water, but actually you are. And that's why you said, and I think it's a great idea, every hour to get those liquids inside you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, it can creep up. Uh, You may not have the heavy sweating. So you may not think, as you indicate, gee, there's a breeze, I'm riding, um, it's hot, but um, I'm really not sensing anything right now physically in the way of perspiration. Please know that you are losing water. And so really important, if you're hiking, if you're biking, have that water with you um, on your person so that you're able to hydrate on a regular basis. As we talk about, the shorter intervals are far more effective than trying to catch up after three to four hours and realizing uh, that you are in need of fluid to catch up. We know that if you begin to have these symptoms, uh, Ray, it's really important to get into a cooler, shady area. Uh, You want to rest, have the patient rest or have the friend rest 
um, wearing light loose clothing. Oftentimes we'll say loosen that clothing, unbutton that shirt, take that T-shirt off, get that uh, clothing uh, really loose to the skin or off of the skin to allow the body to begin to to cool. Uh, the water we've talked about, the sports drinks we've talked about, and of course, avoiding for something if you're feeling thirsty, avoiding that drink uh, that potentially is going to actually dehydrate uh, versus hydrate. That's where I wanted to go next, Debbie, to kind of bring this full circle. Debbie, if we do have a family member, a friend that all of a sudden is in some tough spots with the high heat, what are some of the things we should do before or if we go to the hospital? And when should we make that trip to the ER? Yeah, and a good question. You know, as we look at those three phases, we talked about the middle phase beginning to demonstrate perhaps some dizziness, mild confusion, um, headache, irritability, nausea, vomiting, uh, and excessive sweating, uh, getting them into a cool area, getting them some fluids into their system, loosening that clothing. Uh, if they are not improving within, you know, a, a 15, 30-minute interval with that cool, shady area, uh, getting some ice packs even into the armpits, around the neck, perhaps on top of the head, really trying to get them cool. If that's not improving, it is not unreasonable uh, to seek help or call 911. Um, and so particularly when you see the mental status changes, uh, is what we call that. Uh, that becomes extremely uh, important. But while you're waiting, removing the clothing, loosening the clothing, and applying ice under arms, wrists, uh, neck, really can be extremely uh, important. Get them into uh, the shade. But can creep up on you, and you want to make sure you are proactive. Not a bad idea to be out there with a colleague or a friend so that somebody can monitor, you each can monitor each other. Really important because you may not realize uh, that you're even uh, succumbing to this as it can happen so quickly. Debbie, this this is probably an elementary question to you, but if we have someone in our family, a friend that, you know, all of a sudden very red and you can see they're very uncomfortable from the high heat, do we get them in like a cool tub or is there a chance of a, you know, a, kind of a shock situation with that? Is there something we could do at home and something that we shouldn't do at home? You know, we, don't, we talk about moving to a cooler area. We talk about cool, wet towels uh, to the face, uh, chest, and limbs. Um, you know, into an ice bath, that kind of thing, I think we want to be very careful with. Yeah. But cool or ice into the armpits and neck is not a bad idea. That's always okay. And then certainly, if you're at that point, you're wanting to make sure that you have 911 coming to assess uh, your friend, colleague, or family member.